Hi, my name is Gary Weber, and I'm the pastor at Southside Baptist Church, and I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast. I know many of you listen on a regular basis, or maybe some of you are just joining us for the first time as churches move to online, but we want to give all of you an opportunity to support the ministry here at Southside Baptist Church, whether that's in our physical campus or right here through the virtual campus in the ministry of the podcast and the online services. You can contribute by going to ssbc.org and clicking the Give tab. There you can make a one-time gift or a recurring gift, and anything you can do would be greatly appreciated. Hey, we hope you're doing well. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy today's message. The world has come to a standstill. Schools are shut down, businesses have closed, travel is slow to a crawl, the economy is tanking, and even churches have been forced to close their doors. Apart from the very real health concerns surrounding the coronavirus, the unexpected pause in our daily routines may also be revealing our society's addiction to busyness and a frantic pace of life. Is it possible that we've become so accustomed to the noise and the busyness of our world that we've grown deaf to God's still small voice? Could a silver lining of this unexpected pause be the opportunity to draw closer to God and experience deeper community? Join us for a special series exploring how God speaks to us in the interruptions of life and how we can use this pause to draw closer to Him. Happy Easter. Thanks for joining us at Southside Baptist Church Online. We know many of you worship with us regularly on campus, and like the rest of us, you are watching from home, but some of you are new, and we want to say welcome to you as you joining us here at Southside Baptist Church, and we'd love for you to check out our website, ssbc.org, and uh, when things get back to normal, whenever that day comes, we hope you'll join us on campus as well, but we want to say happy Easter, and listen, whether you celebrate Easter just once a year like most of the world, or like us, you realize Jesus is alive every day, and we celebrate that every Sunday. We're glad you picked today to be with us. You know, I think Easter and the celebration of Easter and what it means is more important now than ever. Considering all that's going on in the world, and we look around, we need hope. We need to know that something beautiful comes out of the ashes. We need to know that life springs out of death. We know that God is in the business of redeeming all things and making all things new. And that's really what the Easter story is about. You know, the resurrection is isn't just a historic fact. It is certainly a historical fact, but it is something more than that. It's something that changes our lives, that affects us every day. It's not that Jesus lived and died and was raised from the dead, but it's that he's alive and with us now, that he seeks to be a part of our lives. You know, all of human history is split by the life of Jesus. It's how we mark time, his life, death, and resurrection. And you know, that period of time when Jesus lived and walked on earth and taught gives us so much hope and it gives us instructions about how we can live our lives. And that's why we've committed ourselves to being passionate followers of Jesus Christ. And the most important thing that he did was defeat death, sin, and the grave. And that's what we celebrate every Sunday, but especially on Easter Sunday as we welcome the rest of the world looking in. And it definitely looks a little different this year, but I think in many ways, it's a beautiful picture of what the story is all about as God is about to redeem and do something amazing. We started a new series several weeks ago called Pause. You can find it on our website at ssbc.org, but we're 
we're talking about how God uses the unexpected interruptions and disruptions of our life to get our attention and to ultimately draw us closer to him. That is definitely what Jesus' followers experienced. You know, as Jesus' followers were walking with him every day and hearing his teachings, as they watched him perform miracles, they totally expected that Jesus was going to be the king, that he was going to kick out the Roman occupiers, that he was going to sit on the throne and finally establish God's kingdom once and for all. So when Jesus was arrested and tried and ultimately sentenced to death, they were devastated. This is not what they expected. Their whole world was interrupted. In fact, they all ran and hid, all except one, one of his disciples named John and some of the women that were there at the crucifixion, because this just isn't what they expected. But listen, it wasn't only that they didn't expect Jesus to die. They certainly didn't expect him to come back to life. Even though Jesus had said this so many times in his teaching, they didn't understand. And so even as it was happening in real time, the disciples didn't get it. I invite you to open in your Bible with me to John chapter 20. We're going to look at one of the stories of Jesus' resurrection together. You can find it in John chapter 20. You can also look online or maybe get out a device and look up one of the Bible apps and find it there as well. John chapter 20, we're going to look at this story. Now, in this particular story, what we find is that the women have gone to the tomb to prepare Jesus' body for burial. He'd been rushed and thrown into the tomb, a borrowed tomb, uh, because it was the Sabbath. They didn't have time to prepare the body. So on Sunday morning, the women went, and when they got there, there was no body. So they had run back, and, and Mary went back and got John and Peter, and they came, and they found the tomb empty, and they left. And so Mary is there by herself, left alone, standing there at the empty tomb, and a figure comes out and speaks to her. And I want to pick up the story there in John chapter 20, verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the feet. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Now, this may sound kind of amazing, but think about it with me for just a second. I, I know for many of you, maybe you can relate to me. I, I go to Publix, and my wife and I do the grocery shopping together, and we go there. We are on a mission. We've got our list. We know how to divide and conquer it. And sometimes I'll be going up and down the aisles at Publix, and somebody will get my attention, and they'll say, hey, Gary, hey, Gary, and I didn't even see them because I'm so focused on something else. I, I think that's what was going on here with Mary, that she sees Jesus. She sees this person in, in the garden with her but she doesn't realize that it's Jesus. She doesn't recognize him. And you know, it just reminds me that sometimes God can be hard to see in difficult circumstances. And maybe right now in this circumstance that you find yourself in, maybe this global situation that you're in, a health crisis, a marriage crisis, a financial crisis, it could be any number of things, but maybe you're having a hard time seeing God. But maybe, like Mary, God is right there with you you're just not recognizing him. Look what happened next in verse 13. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was a gardener, she said, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go and get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. 
Jesus said, do not hold on to me. We'll come back to that in a minute. For I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Now, now it's interesting to think about this, and theologians through the years have debated this and talked about this and speculated, but why would Jesus say this to Mary? Why would Jesus say, don't hold on to me? Especially when in one of his appearances coming up real soon, he invites Thomas to touch his hands and to put his hands in the wounds that he has. It, It may not have been referring to her physical hold on Jesus. He may have been talking about something else. Jesus may have been saying to Mary, Mary, you've got to let go. Sometimes that can be really hard to do. We're conditioned to hold on to things, even things that may not be good. This is why people struggle with addictions. This is why people can't give up bad habits. And Jesus is saying, Mary, you can't hold on to me. Things aren't going to be the way they used to be. Things are going to be different. Mary wasn't just holding on to Jesus. She was holding on to her pain. She was holding on to her grief. She was holding on to her fear. She was holding on to the past. So I want us to look at a couple things that the resurrection offers Mary. And I think it still offers us today. These are so important. Because first, the resurrection means that you can let go of the pain. You can let go of the pain. Look what it said in verse 13 and 14. She turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. You know, a similar thing happens in Luke chapter 24. Jesus is walking down the road to Emmaus, and there are two disciples walking right there, and they don't even recognize Jesus. They take the whole journey to their house with him, and it's only when he breaks the bread and offers the wine that they realize that this was Jesus. Mary's grief almost kept her from seeing the resurrected Jesus. Grief does that. It clouds our eyes. It puts a fog over us. Sometimes the loss can be so much, it obscures every view that we have of hope even when hope is standing right in front of us. Pain keeps us focused on ourselves. Pain invites us to look inward at ourselves, and it creates a loop that can be hard to escape. Some of you may be experiencing that right now. You're so focused on pain that you can't see God around you, but maybe God is standing right there and inviting you just to pause and look up and see him in the middle of your pain. The resurrection does more than that, though. The resurrection also means that you can let go of your plans. Mary had a plan. She was determined to carry out her plan, and it was blinding her to the activity of what God was doing around her. Mary had a three-part plan. Here's what it was. She was going to find Jesus' corpse. She was going to put Jesus back in the tomb, and she was going to finish preparing his body for burial. I love what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways. And aren't we glad that's true? Mary had a plan, but God's plan was better. And I can assure you of this. God's got a plan for you too. It may not be your plan, but God may have a better plan. And the resurrection says you can let go of your plan and you can trust that he's got a better one for you. And the third thing the resurrection does is that the resurrection means you can let go of that place. You can let go of that place. Mary wanted to keep Jesus with her in the garden. 
This wasn't the only time this happened. The disciples had experienced this in other places as well. For example, there was a time up on the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus appeared in all his glory and Elijah and Moses were with Jesus up there. And, and Peter said, hey, let's build a tabernacle here. Let's just kind of camp out here. And Jesus said, we can't do that. We're not called to stay here. Things weren't going to go back to the way they were before. Things were never going to be the same again now that Jesus was alive. Jesus wasn't going to stay there in the garden. He wasn't even going to stay with them physically just for about 40 days before he would go back to heaven and send the Holy Spirit. In fact, he didn't invite the disciples to stay in that place. He was just about to tell them to go. And you know, this is so important because if you are a Jesus follower, you need to know this. But if you are thinking about following Jesus, this is important for you to know too. You cannot stay where you are and follow Jesus. You cannot stay where you are and go with God. You know, this would be like trying to hold on to Jesus and keep him in the garden when Jesus is saying, Mary, come follow me. Go into all the world. Go to the nations. You know, we tend to hold on to the things that are comfortable for us. Our religious experience is comfortable for us. For many of us right now, we're very uncomfortable because we can't do what we normally do in the way we relate to God. And God has just disrupted your normal. But maybe in the middle of that disruption, he's inviting you, he's inviting our churches into something better. He's inviting us to go and fulfill his mission. Some people come to Jesus and stay in the place where they met him. The problem with that is he has left the garden and he is calling us to join him in the mission. We're trying to hold Jesus back from his mission. We're trying to hold Jesus back and saying, no, we'd rather keep things like they are when he's wanting to get, empower us with the Holy Spirit, when he's wanting to invite us into his church and to be a part of a global movement. What people hold on to sometimes is amazing. We hold on to the past. We hold on to relationships. We hold on to a false idea of who God is or who Jesus is, that he somehow came for me that he came to give me a good feeling and, and, and make me feel good about myself and other people. When Jesus may be challenging you to move out of your comfort zone into something very uncomfortable, I think that's what Mary was experiencing. She couldn't go and tell other people that Jesus was alive if she wasn't willing to let go of him and to go to the disciples. Look what he said in John 20, verse 17. Go instead, Jesus, these are Jesus' words, don't hold on to me, go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to the Father and to your Father and to my God and to your God. And then look what it says in verse 18. I love this. Mary Magdalene went, she went to the disciples with the news. She left her pain behind, she left her plan behind, she left that place behind, and she went to tell the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. You know, that's pretty remarkable. Mary is the first person that saw the empty tomb. Mary's the first person that saw the resurrected Jesus. Mary's the first person to tell other people that Jesus is alive. She was the first person to preach the gospel, but she had to let go of the pain. She had to let go of her plans, and she had to let go of that place. She had to leave the garden. She could not cling to that moment and accomplish the mission that Jesus had for her. And because we believe that Jesus didn't just come back to life, but that Jesus is alive, we are faced with the same choice that Mary faced. Will we allow the resurrection to turn our attention away from the pain, away from our plans, and away from that sacred place, and onto the mission he has for us? 
This pause that we're experiencing in history may be the perfect time for you to reflect on your answer to two questions that Jesus asked Mary. Two questions. The first one was this, why are you crying? Mary was asked this twice, first by the angels and then by Jesus. So what's your answer to that question? What's hurting or disturbing your soul right now? They've taken away what for you? Maybe you're losing your home. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you've lost your health or a loved one, a husband, a child. Maybe you've lost your rights. Maybe you've lost your dignity. Maybe you've lost your dreams or your meaning. Why are you crying? Identify that source of pain. Name the pain. Mary had lived a life full of pain. She had been a prostitute, and Jesus had changed her life, and then she thought she'd lost Jesus. What is it that you are losing, that you're grieving right now, that Jesus is inviting you? Hey, let me bring something new, something beautiful out of the brokenness. And the second question is this, who is it that you're looking for? Who is it that you're looking for? I love what Jesus asked in Luke 24, 5, why do you look for the living among the dead? You know, we could ask that question in a few paraphrases. Why do you look for the living at the bottom of the bottle? Why do you look for the living in the arms of a stranger? Why are you looking for the living on the internet, in a career, in a hobby? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? You aren't going to find Jesus in a cemetery or in a garden. Mary is hysterical by the time Jesus asks her this question. Who are you looking for? And then all he simply does is he simply calls Mary's name and she suddenly recognizes that it's Jesus. It makes me think of the times when my kids were little and sometimes they'd have dreams at night and all I'd have to do is go in and call their name. I'd just go in and I'd call their name gently and eventually they would wake up and realize everything was okay. Maybe in the middle of the pain, Jesus is calling your name. The resurrected Jesus who has overcome death, sin, and the grave is calling your name, inviting you to leave the pain behind. Not that it's not real, not that it doesn't hurt, but he's overcome it. Set aside your plans for his plans. They're better. Set aside that sacred place where you're trying to keep everything and control everything and realize that God has called you into something. Hear Jesus call your name. The pain of your sin, the plans to fix yourself, a willingness to leave where you are and follow Jesus. This is his invitation for you. This is his invitation for us who are already following him and who claim to be Jesus followers. This is the invitation for his church. So I just wonder on this Easter Sunday morning, if you would be willing to set that aside and place your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. For those of you who are already Jesus followers, maybe you'd recommit yourself to follow after Jesus. We want to connect with you. We want to know what's going on. We want to pray for you. Maybe you want to talk to one of our pastors. Maybe you want more information about how to be baptized or how to commit your life to Christ, uh, how to be a member of this church. We just want to invite you to text the word CONNECT to 904-441-8650. If you'll text that word CONNECT, you'll get a simple form back that you can fill out, and we'll respond to you and walk with you through this process. We want you to have a happy Easter. We want you to celebrate the resurrection and the life and the hope now more than ever. Will you pray with me? God, we are so grateful for the power that Jesus has over sin, death, and the grave. Lord, I am grateful that right here, right now, Jesus is alive. That we don't have to wait for a day on the calendar to celebrate what we know to be true. That death has been defeated and that Jesus is among us. Lord, thank you 
thank you that the resurrection gives us the ability to overcome the pain of this life. It gives us the ability to set aside our plans and to trust you. It gives us the ability to, to leave the places that where we're comfortable and to, to venture out on the, on the adventure that you've invited us to join you on. Lord, we pray that today for many all across the world who are hearing the message of the gospel, maybe for the first time as they watch these uh, these, these streaming events uh, through churches all around the world that, that the gospel will just saturate the globe and many people will come to faith in Jesus Christ and that you will be glorified through this. Lord, we love you. We continue to pray for your healing on our land. We continue to pray for your mercy and your grace and your compassion with those who are on the front line. And Lord, we pray that during this time, we will look for ways that you were working and we will join you in that activity. Lord, thank you for the promise and the hope that we find in Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Hey, don't tune out just yet. We want to invite you to, to watch for just a little bit longer. We'll give some more information to you and have another song as we continue just to worship the resurrected Jesus together on this Easter Sunday morning. Hey, grace and peace to you. Happy Easter. Thank you for listening. If you happen to live in the Jacksonville area, we'd love to engage with you during our Wednesday or Sunday gatherings here on campus. For direction, service times, information about our wonderful next-gen children environments, please visit us at ssbc.org.